Out here in the perimeter, there are no stars. Out here, we is stoned, immaculate. Hello and welcome. This is David Eastall. This is the C86 Show. And um, as I've been delving into some of my archives, I found various interviews that I did with members of bands and sometimes authors of um, books that were sort of music culturally or music related or culturally sort of of interest to me anyway. And uh, also sort of, as I said, various bands who weren't particularly part of the 80s indie scene, but um, obviously would have played a bit of a... Yes, had some sort of influence. And this is one with uh, Frank Allen from The Searchers, who, um, this was a couple of years ago, they were on tour and coming to Chroma, and I thought it would be good to just put this down in the archive. So I thought, let's let's do it, David. Let's just go and uh, put it together just for our dear old listeners. So I've got that interview. It's um, 10 minutes of sheer quality chat. But before we have the interview, I think we should have some music. This is going to be predictably... One of their biggest hits. This is Sweets for My Sweet. You'll enjoy it. Sweets for my sweet, sugar for my honey. Your first sweet kiss thrilled me so. Sweets for my sweet, sugar for my honey. Chart Band Sounds, that is the searches and the track titled Sweets for My Sweet. This is David Eastall, this is the C86 show. Uh, this is a special as I've been delving into the archives and found this interview with the bassist Frank Allen. Uh, this was done a couple of years ago when the searchers were on tour. I think they're always on tour, but they were coming to Chroma. And um, so I thought, let's inter- interview Frank. And this is the first part of the, well, this is the whole interview actually. 
it's not going to be broken into two parts, um, where I had mentioned about Torian, and uh, this was his response. Frank, yeah, well, take it away. Well, never really stops. You know, we just kind of like uh, travel around the country ad infinitum. It's, we, we call it the eternal tour, really, you know. But, um, yes, we are coming to Chroma, and it's a place we've done so many times and a place we love. Fantastic, because um, obviously, you know, Bob Dylan is the other person who's on this never-ending tour. So, obviously, there's a few bands, because I've been interviewing bands for quite a long period of time over the decades. And mostly bands have five years sort of cycle of, you know, getting together, they make a single, they do the album, they do it all, then they have a tricky second album, they all fall out and hate each other. But you have managed to keep trucking on. What is the secret of the searches? Um, Well, we had our time in the sun between that uh, 63 and 66 period. And then, of course, the hits... uh, got less well they stopped and so we we transferred into the uh the, the cabaret market the chicken in the basket market which turned out to me might be my university education as a as a front man learning how to um uh, act before an adult audience as opposed to screaming teenagers and to be quite honest at that time uh, we were you know we wanted to be in the music business and we were trying to keep going and uh, that was the way we did everything we did to keep going and of course things got to a very dicey point in the 70s when we were you know it looked as though it was all going to end but um, then we kind of hit the end of the 70s into the 80s and then the nostalgia boom kicked in and suddenly life became very very exciting again and we were suddenly um, we were no longer um, fallen idols we were kind of part of the history of British pop music and and much revered. So thankfully, we, we've we still got a career that we absolutely love and that is extremely successful in this uh, latest period. And when you were sort of during that 70s period and feeling probably like Norman Nomates, did you, was it quite a struggle to keep going? Yeah, financially it was a struggle. Um, it, well, actually, we it was fine keeping going, but what happened was that to earn enough financially, you had to really be away from home more, more or less seven days a week because when you worked in that uh, the club environment that's what they did they booked you for seven days so you went on for seven days in one town then you travel on to seven days in another earning a pittance you know if you took it and as um, pro rata night by night i mean you could have got us for less than you were earning um, you know a week now and it was but it you know it, these are the things you have to do it's i mean at its worst um, it could never be compared with a real job like getting up and digging a hole in the road at six in the morning, you know. So we yes. still considered ourselves lucky, although it wasn't ideal. Now it's uh, so much better. I mean, we live in great comfort. We earn um, very, very good money, and uh, uh, we have a great time. Yeah, because obviously you you sort of had that fantastic sort of run of success and were totally on form in this sort of, especially the early to mid sixties. I mean, when you were trying to write songs uh, after that five ten years. What was the sort of process and what what changed? We were never really writers. We didn't write um, any of our serious hits in those early days. They were written by other, by other people and we used to write the B-sides. Uh, we did have one self-pen composition, He's Got No Love, which was the follow-up to Goodbye My Love. It actually got to, I think it was number 11 in the charts, but it isn't, isn't one that people remember. But uh, our songwriting was never really encouraged. So later on, it was just a matter of trying to get back with companies and trying to have a resurgence, which almost worked. At the beginning of the 80s, end of 79, 80, 81, we were with an American company called Sire Records, very serious label, had people like the Ramones, the Madonna, Flaming Groovies, the Undertones, uh, I don't yes. know, Talking Heads. 
and uh, we made two of the best albums of our lives. But we were still in the um, untouchable period then, so they didn't really translate to sales. Right. If we'd have made those albums maybe a couple of years later, um, I think it would have been a whole different story. Yeah, I mean, when you when you sort of look at you know because you've got this quite a huge back catalogue, do you sort of pull out little numbers from those kind of albums that you love though nobody else knows and plays? Yeah, them? we've been doing that very very much lately. It's strange you should mention that because you know our shows these days are all evening shows. We come on for an hour, we have a twenty minute interval, we do another hour, and of course you've got the big hits. And now we do um, some of the smaller hits. Uh, we do album tracks and B sides. We really do dig into the little rarities yeah. like we do one maybe two songs from that period that i was telling you 79 80 but we also go into our old early catalog and as i say play the b-sides and those little songs that no one remember like at the moment in the show we got things like um uh, the, that aforementioned he's got no love which we never ever put in the show um between the time we recorded it and um about six months ago right so that's a nice little thing and we put in those Album tracks like um, Bumblebee and uh, um, Sea of Heartbreak, Farmer John, um, a lot of little things that we know will please the avid followers of our music from those days because everyone treated the album tracks like singles. That period was so, uh, you know, uh, catalytic, I suppose, that um, people did treat every track like it was um, gold dust. That's quite interesting because, because obviously, you know, the other thing you have to deal with is is kind of a change in lineups, mm. and that can really throw a band. But with with the searches, you've obviously done incredibly well, sort of main, maintaining, you know, the core of the band and keeping it going. Because there must be times when someone says, "Actually, I've had enough," and oh, it yeah. must be disappointing, thinking, "Oh God, are we have we got the energy and the enthusiasm to keep it going?" Yeah, I don't know. If that's the, we always had the energy. Sometimes um, people have left to fur, you know to further their own career. We had that at the beginning of uh, the the um, end of '85 when Mike Pender left um, to to go on solo career. And um, that was a big um, upset in the band. Probably the one that was. Uh, the most difficult to deal with. Actually, it turned out not to be difficult to deal with, the most frightening, yeah. which turned out to be incredibly easy because we got um, our current lead singer then, who's now been with us for 31 years. <laughs> and we went into a whole new period of our of our um, you know career. And also when Chris Curtis left after a tour of Australia with the Rolling Stones in 66. I mean, Chris was the showman of the band. Yeah. So we got over those two important things, replaced, and we found that, you know, once you'd taken the job in hand and got over it, then it really, you could cope with almost anything. Um, Outside of that, the changes we've had have really been drummers more than anything else. We've had uh, five drummers in our lineup, um, two lead singers and five drummers. So that's not bad, is it? That's not really bad. For for 50 years, that's pretty amazing, really. 55 years, I guess. Yeah, and it's been pretty constant now. And it's John John McNally and myself from those early hit days. So we've, we've been there all the time. We should be there to the end. Yes, because I, I know that um, coming this week to the Theatre Royal, um, there's going to be the Buddy Holly story, and still and that still sort of almost sells out. So obviously there's an audience for people wanting to sort of listen to this music, both old and young. So do, yep, you, do you find your audience is also, over the decades, a slightly mix of people sort of coming to check you out who you think, oh, that's oh, interesting. Yeah. 
No, the, the, the age range is very... By the way, Buddy Holly won't be turning up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I'm sure it'll be a wonderful Spoiler. show. Spoiler alert. Um, yeah, well, no, I, I always say that our show these days goes from incredibly young to fast approaching death. And <laughs> that, that kind of pretty much covers it, because we do get the, ma- the main demographic, which is round about the, the 60-ish, 60-plus, because um, they were teenagers or pre-teenagers when we were having our hits. So fit between 50 and 70. Um, but we also get their kids and their grandkids, and we've had kids as, as young as uh, six months in the show. Yeah. And we've had people in their, well into their 90s. So um, there are no rules. I think everyone can have a good time. And even you know young people who've, whose main music is a different kind of thing entirely. They might like punk, they might like rap, they might like whatever. Yes. But they, they still seem to manage to find a place for um, the music of our period. Because, you you know, your early work, um, especially the singles, were kind of almost perfect pop. Do you find that um, you, must be, you must be very pleased when they turn up on L, um, film soundtracks, but also do they ever get sampled into the world of rap and dance music? Um, we, I don't know if we've got sampled or not. We we get we've had um, various weird versions of reworking of our songs. Remember, there was an Australian uh, record company who did a, a rap. No, I can't remember. It was rap or house or grunge or whatever. They they did a new version of Sugar and Spice. They took ours and they put all sorts of scratching all the way through it and really made it into a hip-hop kind of thing. It never did anything, by the way. It sounded really weird, but very adventurous <laughs> of them. And we've had um, other people doing versions of our songs. Um, a guy called C.J. Lewis had a hit with a version of Sweets For My Sweet, which took the chorus pretty normally and then had rap in between. Yes. Um, so things like that. I don't know if they've actually taken samples of our records and use them Maybe yeah they have. well I, you know you never know i suppose sometimes but yes well that's um well look thank you ever so much for for having a chat i think i've got quite a lot there which is brilliant and i'm, I'm coming to chroma to see the band so oh, i'm fantastic. really really excited because i mean it's, it's i mean on may the first isn't it it is may the first Monday, and may the first so um my god Yes, this year's well, going so May quick. Day. It'll be not, oh God, the place will be packed. That it day. will be packed, and um, I'm sure it's going to be a fantastic night. And um, well, the weather's been so good this year. We always have a great time there. We've never had a bad night, and it has always been packed there. Yes, well, thank you. Well, Frank, thank you ever so much. Thank you. And um, I hope it goes really well for okay, um, the th- tour. Okay, thanks for having me on the program, David, and uh, I look forward to seeing you at the, at the show. And that was me in conversation with Frank Allen from The Searchers. This was a few years ago, and uh, that was when they were coming to Chroma in, um, during May. So that has been and gone, but uh, I'm sure they're still touring. But anyway, he um, began, well, the band began in 1964, which was 55 years ago. They have got stamina. Anyway, that was me. That was the searches, and that's the end of the show. Um, yes, I'll give you all my contact details, um, just if you want to be in a, have a nice message to me. Otherwise, you know, I don't bother if it's not going to be nice. You can contact me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That's, yes, at C86show, and uh, that's those three. And also, um, all the shows have been archived, and I'll put them on podcasts, so you can find them on iTunes, Spotify, Mixcloud and Podbean and uh, again C86 show Um, it's to do with indie pop really but uh, it's nice to sometimes go off road but anyway I'll leave you with another track but uh, in the meantime have a great week Sugar 
sweeter than 